0: What's going on? Welcome into the Monday edition of the Pelicans Podcast, presented by C. and greetings from Portland, Oregon, inside the Moda Center right now, Daniel Sanderson, alongside Todd Graffanini, radio voice of the New Orleans Pelicans, Jim Knoffer. Senior writer, pelicanscom as we're here for game number three of this four-game road trip. I don't even know what day it is of this road trip. Do any of you know what day it is, Todd?
1: No, I don't. Actually, I do know it's the day before Christmas Eve festivus, if you will.
0: Well, I'm glad you brought up Festivus. happy festivus to you and yours. And, uh, Jim, this is the time to airing of grievances. And more importantly, after this is the feats of strength.
1: <laughs> Man,
2: I was not prepared for that. So, I don't know. I'm going to have to get some stretching in, some, some maybe some lifts, possibly. But... Yeah, you know, uh, I was thinking yesterday, too. It seems like we've been on the road forever, and there still like three or four more days left on this trip. So
0: um be looking forward to getting back to New Orleans, but for now, there's work to do. When we got into the hotel yesterday, uh, the person at the front desk was like, where are you coming from? And I literally sat there for about 15 seconds and tried to figure out where we were coming from. It's only been two other cities, so you can tell it's been that kind of road trip so far for us and for the Pelicans a tough loss um, on Friday night to the Golden State Warriors I feel like Todd it was kind of a, a missed opportunity a chance to go 2-0 on the road trip after a nice win against the Minnesota Timberwolves and you're up six down with a couple minutes left to go and then the clutch time situation kind of reared its ugly head once again
1: yeah we've seen it all year long unfortunately and coach Gentry talked about it after the game you can't start down 20 now that being said Hells did battle back. Uh, very good defense in the middle two quarters, the second and third. That allowed them to get back into it. But you have a six-point lead with about two minutes left, you got to close the game out, and you just had some empty possessions down the stretch, and unfortunately you didn't stop D'Angelo Russell. He basically took the game over for Golden State. And the other thing is Golden State made every free throw down the stretch. They did not miss in the fourth quarter. I believe there were 14 for 14. That's winning basketball. And you just weren't able to overcome it.
0: Jimmy look at that game and maybe look at some of the pauses from that game. I thought Lonzo Ball had one of his better games with the Pelicans. Um, what did you see in that game that maybe they can carry over into tonight's game against the Portland Trail Blazers?
2: Yeah, I know that when he came over in the trade in the summer, a lot of people talked about his anticipation on defense, his hands. Um, His basketball IQ, it seemed like he showed that a lot in that game with the five steals that he had, where he was kind of a step ahead on a few plays, and that was the reason that he was able to come up with the ball. But um, overall, I mean, the defense has definitely been better lately, and he's been part of that. Um, I think in a lot of areas... um, Even though Golden State's free throws were huge in that game, especially like you said in the fourth quarter, it does seem like the free throw attempts for the other teams teams are starting to come down a little bit. The three-point shooting hasn't been um, lethal in a lot of the games the way it was maybe consistently earlier in the season. So um, Pelicans are definitely at least putting themselves in a position where they don't have to play amazing on offense and shoot 55% from the field and score 120 points to to win some of these games, so I think that is something that is a at least a little bit of a positive takeaway. That hopefully that they can continue to be more competent defensively, so that they you know don't don't not only don't lose games by fifteen twenty points, but also you know have a chance to win consistently night in and night out.
0: I'm glad you brought up the defense, Jim. I want to go back to you on this one. Three straight games now holding opponents under 110 points. Their defense rating in the last three is third, with a team that was 29th for most of the year. I feel like at least You've been seeing uh, some improvements on the defensive end, especially uh, during the road trip and that last game against Brooklyn at home.
2: Yeah, and a lot of the players have talked about how they they think that the communication is improving. I think part of that is definitely Derek Favors coming back and the experience that he provides, and just being able to be kind of that quarterback on the the back end of the defense to to, to tell people to, to where to be and to get people in the right spots, and just his understanding of. What they're trying to do it against different pick and rolls and different you know offensive sets that other teams have. So, it's funny not to bring it back to a negative, but it's funny they've they've been talking about how the improvement, the communication has improved on defense. But I think some of the problems that happened in the end of the game against Golden State were actually lack of communication on offense, where you had plays where the shot clock's running down and no one's yelling to the guy like, hey, there's three seconds, left. you gotta shoot it, you gotta shoot it, you gotta shoot it, and I mean, the coaches can the coaches can and do yell from the bench. Five, they count it down five, four, three, two, one, or they yell. You gotta they yell green. You gotta shoot. But if you're in an arena that, that I was impressed by Golden State's crowd for a team that has the record that they do. When you're in an arena that's that loud at the end of the game, you need someone who's ten feet away from you yelling shoot, shoot, shoot. You might you might not necessarily even be able to hear the coaches, especially if they're they're the other end of the court. So um, that was something that was just something that stuck out to me, and hopefully they can not only get better communication-wise on defense but also on offense.
0: Buddy brought that up. It was that Brandon Ingram shot clock violation at the end of the game that turned out to be very costly when no one really communicated to Ingram that there was that many seconds left and it ended up being a shot clock violation. And then the Golden State Warriors scored on that last or that next possession after that. Let's talk about tonight's game against the Portland Trail Blazers. We've seen the Portland Trail Blazers once. It was back home in November when the Pelicans did win. They caught a little bit of a break with no Damian Lillard in that game with back spasms. He will play tonight. Uh, We don't know about Carmel Anthony's situation he sat out, but Tom, let's start with the the man in the middle for uh, Portland, who's been playing lights out the last few games. That's Hassan Whiteside.
1: Yeah, he's got 14 straight double-doubles, and that is second all-time, only to Bill Walton, who had over 30 uh, way back when, but uh, Whiteside had a historic game the other night against Minnesota. He had 16 points, 22 rebounds, and seven block shots, so... That has never happened in the history of the Portland Trailblazers. This, when when he wants to play, he is a dominant force down low. Now, he had a double-double in that game in New Orleans, but it was basically garbage time type of rebounds where he, he was able to get there. But, uh, you know, it's going to be a test now. It's good to have Derek Favors back though with him because Favors was not on the floor when these two teams played the first time. And we'll see what Jackson Hayes can do against him. But, yeah, he has been very, very tough as of late. This is a team that's won four in a row.
0: Jim, when you look at the Portland Trail Blazers and Carmelo Anthony, whether he plays or not, how has that dynamic changed with him on the floor for them since he started, he made his debut against the Pelicans in November?
2: Yeah, I think he definitely, especially initially, gave them a nice jolt of energy, um, just having a new player, having a guy that people were excited to have on the court, and it seemed like he did play really well at the at the start of his tenure here. Um, Portland's actually kind of doing to me what they always do, which is they start off kind of slow, and then they get hot. They start out 5-12, and which I think at the time was genuine reason for crisis mode and panic here because, I mean, this team has been so successful, especially in the regular season for – the entirety of Damian Lillard's time here and CJ McCollum but they've after starting out five and twelve they're nine and four since then including the four game winning streak that that Todd referenced so I just feel like always with them that even if they start off shaky or poor at the beginning of the season by like February and March they're they're hitting their stride and I I feel like they're probably going to do the same thing again this year.
0: Keep in mind they're also without Zach Collins and Yusuf Nurkic two guys that they can really use down low so going into tonight's game Jim what are some things that We should look out for whether it's the pelicans on the defensive end or offensive end that may help them win this ball game tonight
2: Yeah, I think one of the things unfortunately that is I keep talking about is somewhat out of your control Is the shooting has to get better? I mean the pelicans have not shot well for a pretty extended stretch here Um, it seems like i'd have i'd have to go back and look at the numbers to prove this with evidence But it seems like maybe the last week and a half two weeks of the season have been by far their worst stretch um shooting wise so there's not much you can do about that, though. I think other than maybe shot selection, maybe, I think sometimes maybe they need to take the ball to the basket a little bit more, try to get some more free throws, and and not have games where they're not shooting threes well, but they're still taking so many. So I would say I would say that's one thing. I mean you're you're not you're not going even if even with the how much the Pelicans have improved defensively lately, I can't see winning in this arena unless you play at least a decent or above average game at the offensive end.
0: Let's talk about Wednesday night a little bit before we get out of here, just because we will not have a podcast on Wednesday due to the Christmas holiday, but the Pelicans do have an opportunity to play on Christmas, I believe for just the third time in franchise history. Yeah. One as the Hornets, one as the Pelicans. Remember, the last one was in Miami. Mm-hmm. Uh, a very low-scoring affair. as was the first game of that morning, and let's just say I feel like they were still asleep during that game. But uh, nonetheless, here, a chance to play on Christmas once again. This time, the last game of the night against the Denver Nuggets, Todd, for your first experience here in your first year, you get to play on, not to play, but you get to broadcast the game on Christmas. Just the meaning of being one of the 10 teams to play on Christmas has to feel pretty special for
1: them. No question. And it it is an honor to play on Christmas Day because a lot of people say, you know, during the NFL season, this is really the first day of the NBA season is Christmas. So to be a part of it is good. Um, Now, obviously, the reason why we were picked is because our number one draft pick at the time, uh, who... Looks like he uh, is improving as far as hopefully getting back on the court, which is good news. But, you no, know, it, it is an honor to play on Christmas, and hopefully we can put on a good show. Denver, you know, they're playing well again. They uh, they beat the Lakers uh, last night in Los Angeles. So, uh, you know, we were able to get Denver early in the season. That was actually our first win of the year uh, back in New Orleans. But they're playing at the top of their game as well. So it ought to be a um, <clears throat> festive night at the uh, – Pepsi Center.
0: Between Festivus Christmas Eve and Christmas is just in Hanukkah right now all the holidays are rolling together at once Jim just your thoughts on uh, the Pelicans playing on, on Christmas Day this year.
2: Yeah I don't know if I can add too much to what Todd said but just to go back to kind of a brief history it is hopefully there'll be a better result this time than compared to the first two times that New Orleans played on Christmas. I think I can't remember exactly, but I think the first time when they played there on Christmas and they were the Hornets, it was like a noon game in Orlando. Yep. So it was like 11 a.m. Central time. And then the same thing when they played in Miami. It was, it was I think, noon maybe or 1 o'clock, something like that in Miami. So back in New Orleans, it was like one of those times when you look at the – the pocket schedule or the the wall schedule, magnet schedule, and you're like 11 a.m. Central Time, yeah, but you totally so, rolled out of bed yeah, and unwrapped the presents, yeah, and there it, was
1: basketball on television. And it was your team
2: for sure, and and I remember the I don't I wasn't on the Orlando trip, but I remember the Miami one a few years ago. We got there Christmas Eve pretty late, and it, it maybe seven or eight o'clock, just so people could have some semblance of a Christmas Eve, um, family wise, and it just seemed like we were there for ten hours and then we were leaving already, but it was. It was such an ugly game, too. Like, hopefully this will be a much more aesthetically pleasing basketball affair because that one was, again, I don't remember exactly, but it seemed like it was like 74-74 at the end of regulation, and then the overtime score made it look like more of what you would expect in a professional basketball game, but... But other than that, so hopefully we'll see a little bit better. There's no excuse this time. They're playing at 8.30 Mountain Time, 9.30 Central Time.
1: Another local 8.30 start. Yeah,
0: exactly. I guess the good thing is that means the Pelicans are not playing in Florida on Christmas, so there's definitely a chance now of a winning game after the Pelicans are 0-2. Um, so this is Festivus. Any airing grievances before we get out of here, whether it's within each other or just anything else before we get out of here?
1: I'm just happy to be here. Okay. <laughs> the heck with Festivus.
2: <laughs> um... I think I need a little bit more time. I have plenty of grievances to air, but I, I need to get my list organized and I need to to prioritize. You know, the the uh, how I want to vent about this. So I'll have to get back to you. Maybe in the next podcast. All right. Well,
0: Jim will be on the broadcast tonight. He can air his grievances then during one of the quarters you can maybe halftime will be Jim's airing grievances you can stay up late and listen to that guys I really appreciate it Merry Christmas to you all and your families and uh, for everyone listening we really appreciate it we'll take a break on Christmas be back with you on Friday get ready for that home back-to-back against the Pacers and the Houston Rockets on the 28th and the 29th but of course you can tune in tonight um, at nine o'clock central time you can watch it on Fox Sports New Orleans with Joel Myers Antonio Daniels and Jennifer Hale and, of course, listen on the radio, Todd Graftini myself will hit the airwaves around 8.30 p.m. Central Time. And as Todd mentioned, 8.30 start on Christmas Day. We'll have Pelicans warm up for you at 8, so you'll have plenty of time to unwrap presents. You can have breakfast, lunch, dinner, dessert, all of that, and then get ready for some Pelicans basketball, as is the last game of the night. And then the Pelicans will head home the day after Christmas and get ready for that home back-to-back. Of course, this podcast is presented by SeatGeek. If you are a new uh, new user For the SeatGeek app, you can get 20% off by using the code GOPELS, all one word, all caps. Again, for first-time users, SeatGeek is the official sponsor of the Pelicans podcast. Until Friday, we'll talk to you tonight first on the radio in Portland. Have a Merry Christmas, everyone. Happy Hanukkah, Happy Holidays, and uh, we'll talk to you soon. Thanks for listening.